Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I am your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. Today, September the 9th, 2009, is the 999. It's a powerful day as we build on the PowerPoints of the last few years of this decade from January the 1st, 2001, the 111, through the 222, 333, 444, and to the 888 last year, and now we are on the 999. These dates have been used to power up the crystal grid of the planet, and it's a wonderful opportunity to tune into the Earth in ceremony and meditation, perhaps today at 3 p.m., or and at 9 p.m. this evening. Being at one with the planet. And this brings me to my guest today, Daryl Gurney, who has spent much time of his adult life investigating consciousness and different healing modalities, all of which have led him to some interesting conclusions. Daryl, welcome to the show. Oh, uh, it's wonderful to be here, Peter. So perhaps you could begin by uh, giving us a little bit about your personal background and how it's all developed. Oh, okay. Um, well, I started out about 22 years ago as a massage therapist, and uh, I began to realize that when I kept working on these people and they had these hard, tight muscles, and I'd work on them one week and, and they get soft, but they come back and a week later they were really hard again. So I realized that this was emotional armor, and it sent me on a journey to figure out what are they armoring and how do we get rid of the armor. <laughs> so I became a, I studied a bunch of different modalities in mind-body medicine, um, different regression systems and different energy psychologies and different healing systems to be able to try and work at the level of cause because I realized that we really couldn't separate the mind from the body. And, and whatever is being held at the level of mind is showing up in the body, and that's really what sent me on this exploration. And I'm now uh, realizing that it's better to teach people how to work with their own mind-body systems so that they're kind of back in the seat of their own power. So let's, let's begin by, by investigating your findings. So why, why is it important to love ourselves? Well, I mean, that's a great question. And... And, I, you know, I think we have different ideas of what that means, each and every one of us. But what I've come to over the years is, is a realizing that we're made up of a whole bunch of different parts. And to, why is it important to love ourselves is because the world outside of us is really a reflection of the world inside of us. And in order to... Um, see the world outside of us change and come into harmony, we have to change and heal our own internal world, our own internal environment. And it's, it's the most interesting thing. I mean, you know, we kind of hear these things some, some, sometimes, but we don't really know, well, what's, what do we really mean by that? Is it really, the world out there, really a reflection of our internal world? 
And it brings me to, you know, the TM meditators. And um, there was this thing called the Maharishi effect. And in the Maharishi effect, they did these studies. And they, would, they were, you know, they did them initially in Lebanon where, there, you know, there was war going on there. And they found that when people, uh, when they would take meditators and they would intersperse them in different areas where in, in the war-torn area, and what these people would do is bring up the feeling of peace in their bodies. And when they brought up the feeling of peace in their bodies, um, there was an interesting phenomenon that occurred. And the phenomenon was that 70% of the deaths um, during the war were decreased, and injuries were decreased by similar amounts. They did these studies in other areas, and they found that terrorism and, and cr violent crimes and, and car accidents, all of these things would redrop when a certain percentage of people would maintain and hold peace in their bodies. It would be reflected in the outer world. And as soon as these people stopped meditating and holding this peace, this level of peace inside themselves, the crimes would pick right back up to their, to their normal levels. So I developed this hypothesis, well, what, as long as we're holding peace, we can have this effect, but when we stop holding peace inside ourselves, then we, we, the, the problems come right back again. So what is it that keeps us, what, where is this baseline that is not fundamentally love-based or peace-based or joy-based, and we fall back into this default habitual level which is inherently non-loving of ourselves. So then the question is, how can we attain this within ourselves so it's, it's reflected in our own world and in the greater world at large? Just to interrupt for a moment, I uh, have done the coherent meditations for peace actually on a regular basis, on a monthly basis on the new moon in my own meditation group in my hometown of Victoria. And so we have been consistently bringing that vibration in. And what's really neat about it is when you settle into the meditation and go into that place of peace inside, it, it becomes instantaneous because it's, it's that vibration is already settled and, and other people can entrain very easily to that new uh, vibration that we're carrying. So you've already mentioned uh, the word love, and so there are many different types of love. So perhaps we should actually talk about what you mean by what is, you know, what is the nature of love. Okay. Um, love as I see it, from my teacher, Dr. Leonard Lasko, who <laughs> you interviewed um, not too long ago, it, um, he defines it as the universal harmonic and the impulse towards unity. So one of the things that I think is really important is the fact that we need to recognize that, well, we've become fractionated. We've become split. And we, we need to merge. We need to come back into unity. And what do I mean by we've become split? Well, if I was to say that we're, are, we're split from our own heads in our, to our hearts, we tend to live in our heads. We always try to figure things out instead of trying to figure them in. We want to listen to the wisdom of our hearts, but when we live in our heads, we're fundamentally split from that part of ourselves. So love is one of the things that can heal the split between our head and our heart, but not just that, also between ourselves and others. And also... Love can also heal the split between ourselves and the earth. And, and as Len, Dr. Lasko, talks about, he says that, well, one of our, the, the causes of suffering is our, the illusion of separation. So separation 
is just an illusion. But born of the, um, the illusion of separation is a sense that I'm alone, I'm small, I'm disconnected, and I'm alone. So born of that is I have to take care of myself, and, and, and there's the big world out there. So it's inherently a fear-based area. And when you're in this fear-based paradigm, you go, oh my gosh, I have to protect myself. And born of that is greed and jealousy and envy and, and these states that cause so much of the strife in our own internal worlds and then at the, at the larger world outside. And so love is, the, is, the, is this energy, this frequency that literally heals this split and helps us to remember truly who we are. Truly who we are. And... I've had so many teachers, my Lomi Lomi teacher, that was the only thing she ever said to us was, remember who you are and step into your power. So to love ourselves then, um, again, it's an an expression that's used often by people in counseling and, and spiritual work. What does that actually mean to love ourselves? Right. Well, we are, all energies, because we're a microcosm of the macrocosm, every energy that's in the world, every energy that's in the world is in us. If it's in the world, it's in us. But the whole thing in the development of personality, what happened was we got rid of certain parts of ourselves. Um, what do I mean by that? Let's say you're a small child. And as a, a small child, you found that when you smiled, you got more attention from your parents. And when you cried, you got ignored. And so you went, oh, well, I'm going to start smiling then because smiling gets me things. And smiling stops being something that's organic but becomes a strategy, a means to an end. And we become maybe people pleasers as a result of that. But the part of us that uh, maybe is in touch with our emotions or what we really want, we have to push that apart, away from us. And that goes into shadow. That becomes our disowned self. And we no longer have that available to us. So what in the development of personality, we end up pushing away certain parts of ourselves. But ultimately, you can't get rid of any part of you because it's part of you. So the journey is to gain back all of these disowned parts. And then now when you, when you have all of your parts, now you're in the place of wholeness. Now that's truly loving yourself. And, but what happens is we say, well, this is, this is good, this part of me is good, and this part of me is bad. Like, if you got the message that idle hands were the devil's work or something, then you, you became a doer. And I have to do, 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 do. I have to keep busy, busy, busy all the time. And in, in doing that, you no longer have the ability to just be. And there's not that one is better than the other. All energy is God. There's no energy that's not God. But we make one good and one bad. So I have to keep busy. And in in order to get approval from my parents or love, I have to stay busy all the time. Well, if you don't have the ability to be in the world, then how that ends up showing up is you're going to have high blood pressure or you may end up with a heart attack. So consciousness itself is really being able to embrace opposites so that you have your doing on one side of you and your being on the other side, and you're able to make decisions relative to opposites. So that itself is consciousness, because there's choice. But if the rule is you can only do and being is bad, then there's no choice and therefore no consciousness. 
so, but the whole idea is we've made these parts of us bad, and these parts of us that we've pushed away in this example, let's say it's um, being, then these, these energies, because that's what they are, they're energies, they go underground and they turn sour and they come back to bite us. So our journey then into wholeness is to find all of these parts of ourselves that we've pushed away, that we're fundamentally at odds with, find out what their value is, find out how our lives would be more whole, more complete, more rich if we reincorporated them back into the system and then embrace these parts, not become identified with them, but be in this place where we're in this place of choice relative to opposites. So, Daryl, we're going to have to go to our first break right now, and we're talking about the different aspects of the human being and, and those pieces that get fragmented and split off. And when we return, we'll begin talking about how we can bring those pieces home. So we're going to go to break right now. This is Peter Tung with special guest, Daryl Gurney. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Relationships are the main reason we are on this earth. Much of the pain and problems we encounter in this life could actually be stemming from a past life. It is these wounds that could be affecting our relationships with our family, our friends, and our co-workers. Join Alan Green for an eye-opening discovery of our past lives and how we can quickly heal and make positive changes this life. Listen to Past Life and Spiritual Journeys with Alan Green. Broadcasting live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Today we have with us Daryl Gurney, and we're having a fascinating discussion about the human condition. And before the break, Daryl was explaining about how pieces of us split off as, as a young child. So, Daryl, how, how many different pieces do we fragment into? 
Well, I mean, it's a good question. It's, uh, there's thousands of different energies. Um, they're all the different archetypal energies. Um, we have inside of us perfectionist selves. We have pleaser selves. We have tyrant selves. We have vulnerable selves, inner child parts. There's, there's it's any energy. It can be named as it's a part of ourselves. And then we just have to figure out what's our relationship to these parts. And um, but this right now in this world of duality means we're talking about love before, but we we have judgments on these energies, good, bad, right, wrong, and and so we end up judging the, these parts. So if if we became identified with being uh, you know people pleasers and so on then the part of us that could be the straight talker, that, that could just tell the truth, we end up judging that. We say that I have to do things that please others. I can't do things that I can't say my truth. Or, I, or if I'm doing something that I would judge it as selfish, if it's not for others, then I'm being selfish. And then when we make this, it's like this inner critic attack that comes in and beats us up. And now when we do that, we're now falling out of love with ourselves in that sense. So the whole idea is to say, wow, um, maybe I've got a judgment on selfishness. And if I recognize the value in it and recognize that, wow, in, in a balanced state, I need to take care of myself and do things for myself, and then I stay healthy, then I'm able, better able to help other people. So it's just an, an aspect of recognizing that we have to be gentle with ourselves. And when you embrace all of these parts, when they're all available to you, then what is there to judge? And the thing is, the big thing, Peter, is when you disown something in you, then you project your... It's, it's like this part of you, if we go back to saying that we're a doer, if you're identified with doing in the world, then you've gotten rid of the part of yourself that can be, and then when you see people in the world that are doing just being, you're going to say, oh, you're lazy, and you're going to judge them. And that's where a lot of the conflict in the world is. So you're judging that person, but in essence, you're really judging this part of yourself that you haven't accepted, you haven't come to terms with and made peace with. But when you accept it in yourself, what's there to judge? And then we can come to this place of compassion, which is much more organic. You know, in the New Age world, we're saying, well, you, you, the goal is to be unconditionally loving. But if you haven't made peace with all of your parts, then what you're going to fundamentally do is judge them in others. Even if you are lying to yourself and thinking that you're not, deep down you actually are. So the whole idea is to start to make, to, to become whole and to gather in all these myriad of parts and, and then, then you become really an energy master because what these parts are is their frequencies. They're, they, they come in and they animate us. They, and, and we want to be able to move from one energy to the other energy very gracefully so that in a certain situation you can draw upon this frequency in another situation you can draw upon another part and and that is kind of the goal because then you'll ultimately be in right relationship with yourself and then therefore right relationship with your your world and everyone else in it so so why do we push away these uh, certain aspects of ourselves we push them away because it's a lot of times it's our conditioning, the conditioning, our cultures, in our world. Um, we're brought up to see certain things. One of my teachers, 
um, you know, the Hal and Sidra Stone they're of the voice dialogue system, Hal would look at me right in the eyes and he would say, could you kill somebody? And I'd say, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could kill someone. He goes, well, you better know. He goes, if your life was on the line and in a self-defense situation and you had a gun, could you shoot that person? I mean, this is an extreme example, but what he's getting to is, he goes, that would be killer energy. And he'd say, killer energy is not good or bad or right or wrong. It's just killer energy. It's our relationship to it. Used with consciousness, even that extreme of an energy, killer energy, could save our lives or save the life of a child. But used without consciousness is obviously very destructive. But our world has made this is good and this is bad, and we've pushed away. Another example would be power. Let's say we were abused as a child, um, and then we go, wow, power is bad, and we make a judgment on power. But power inherently isn't bad. Power used with consciousness could give us the ability to say no and mean it or to set personal boundaries in our lives. So, but we, what we do is power is bad and we get rid of it. And what happens is when you push these energies away, they go underground. What you resist persists. It's like trying to hold a beach ball under the water and it's trying to pop back up. And this, if you tried to get rid of your power then what you've enhanced done is you've created an energetic vacuum in your life and you're going to draw in somebody that's vibrating with power and they might be not um, displaying it in a conscious fashion and you may set yourself up for an abuse, um, abusive situation. But the, what they're doing is mirroring to you a part of yourself that you need to integrate to become more whole. But what you do is end up judging them or, or feeling victimized by them when really they're your teachers. And when you can see the, the essence of what energy they're mirroring for you and incorporate it back into your system, then you're going to become more whole, more loving of yourself, and you're going to see them not as your adversary anymore, but more as your teacher. And then you're going to go from a place of anger towards them to a place of gratitude. And the world is constantly mirroring these, these aspects to us and, and that's basically, you know, what's going on on an energetic, dynamic level all of the time. And that's how these splits come in, whether we've been conditioned to say, you know, a priest may have been conditioned to say, well, sexuality is bad, I have to get rid of my sexuality, or I, I can't display that, it's wrong for me to do this. And then, but that's very human quality. And in my sense... That's when these energies go underground and turn sour, and you, and you hear in the church all of a sudden of some of these sexual abuses that, that happen from perpetrated by the priest is because these energies have gone sour. And, and they're not, it's, not, it's not even about that they have to be sexual. It's not that at all. It's just that we all have to accept these energies. We have to see them for what they are. We have to see where's their value, and, and we have to recognize that it's all a part of us. And when we own it inside of us, what's there to judge in the outer world? And then you're in the place of compassion. Then you're in the place of understanding. Then you're in the place of love. And then our world will start to reflect these things. But we just need to be aware of these parts and recognize that inherently the, the energy itself is not good or bad or right or wrong in the duality. It's our relationship to the energy and how that energy is used. So you're essentially saying then that, that whatever happens in our life uh, with other people that we're connected with or situations in the world, that they're all reflections of aspects of ourselves that we need to deal with. 
And we, we typically, uh, from what you're saying, unconsciously reacting because we actually don't know that we have a, a separate piece of us that's now sort of reacting to this scenario. So how, how do we begin to shift uh, uh, awareness from unconscious reaction to uh, conscious awareness of the situation? Well, that's a great question. And that's where you get into different modalities and so on. But one of the things is if you want to find out what your disowned self is, because awareness is the first stage, then you have to figure out that's a, that's the very first thing you can do is what do I judge? Who do I judge? Because when you find out who do you judge, that is a direct reflection of your disowned self. What pushes your buttons? And then you say, wow, okay, I'm triggered by this. And then you look at it and you say, oh, I wonder how that came to be. But it's in the development of our personalities, we've got these perceptions. And, and perceptions are, to talk about perceptions a little bit, I'll talk about this one exercise I did in a workshop once where we brought out three buckets of water. One was hot water, one was cold water, and the middle bucket was tepid. It was just like a neutral color or um, temperature, and we'd put one hand in the hot water and one hand in the cold water for about a minute or two. And then you'd pull them out and simultaneously plunge them into the middle bucket. And when you did that, and then you pull your hands out, the hand that was in the hot water previously that's now in the middle bucket says, the middle bucket actually feels cool to me. And the one that was in the cold water went to the neutral. It says, well, the middle bucket's warm. And so it's a different perception that's based on our conditioning, so we don't see the world it's where we've come from. That's where our perceptions come from. It comes from our, our condition, our parents, our, our, our TV, media, churches, all these areas color and make us develop these perceptions of the outer world. So these perceptions ultimately become beliefs. And we say that this is good and this is bad, and, and it and we hold on to these beliefs. We defend our buckets. I'm telling you the water's hot. I'm telling you the water's cold. And, well, that's a relative truth. From where you've come from, yes, it is. But from a higher level, when you get above the buckets, when you peel, you're going to see the world more as it is as opposed to how you are or how you've been conditioned. So the journey is to start to recognize that we're full of these limiting perceptions and we need to we remove them. And that's what some of these modalities that I use in my practice help people to do. One of them being Psyche, which is a way to actually um, change these limiting belief patterns that reside in our subconscious minds. So when you can identify what these beliefs are, then you can literally change them and come into more in alignment with universal truth and then change our relationship in the world and to these energies and start to incorporate them and make peace with them. So, Daryl, we're going to be going to our second break shortly, and I am going to ask you to talk about uh, some of the healing modalities that we, uh, are, well, you have been involved in, in, in helping people come to terms with the uh, different aspects of themselves and, as you said, bringing them all home and becoming at one with, with who, who they are. And I know part of that involves um, forgiveness, and also something that's becoming very uh, prominent, it seems. Uh, it's funny how uh, consciousness uh, in the collective shifts and people have been avoiding their shadow side and not dealing with that, I know, uh, particularly in, in, in sort of many of the New Age realms. But we now know that it's absolutely vital and critical that we do indeed 
deal with our shadow side. So this is uh, Peter Tung here with Daryl Gurney, and we are having some profound discussion about how each and every one of us heals ourselves and comes to a place of wholeness and self-love to become complete in the world. This is Peter Tung, taking to the second break of the show. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. From the infinite spaciousness of the eternal emerges the story of Lioness. Within the formless dark, the light finds her and calls her into life so that she might embody the love for which she is born. Join host and author of The Lioness Tale, Diane Pendola, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Network and allow the tale of Lioness to awaken the liberating spirit at the center of your own life story. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to And the reason these parts come in, these powerful parts come in, is to actually to protect our vulnerability. And 
I'll give you an example of this. Um, you may have uh, a couple. Let's say they're driving in a car, and a person, um, you know, the, the one the person's in the passenger seat says to the driver, you know, would you back off? You're driving too close to that person in front, you know, and, and you're tailgating and. and God, you always do this. Would you back up? And, and they get really angry. And so the person goes, oh, my goodness. You, you know, and then they, they feel attacked and threatened and so on, and they yell back, and, they get, and they, these, this couple gets into a fight. But the person that got angry, the passenger that got angry, they didn't even recognize their relationship to feeling vulnerable. That's why they got angry. And so if the person was in touch with their vulnerability, they could communicate to their partner, um, you know, honey, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable because I feel you're driving really close to that person, and I would feel more comfortable if you were able to, if you backed up a little bit. And then the, the other person would be much more understanding. But because we have no relationship to our vulnerability, we just go right from our vulnerability to our anger or to some other power place to try and protect that part of ourselves. But we're not in touch with it. But we need to be in touch with our vulnerability because our vulnerability is really coming from our inner child. Our inner child is the part of us that carries our magic. It's the part of us that carries our wonder. It's the part of us that carries our playfulness. And, our, and, it, and it's the part of us that can feel and, and, it, and so therefore um, carries our ability to be intimate with others. But our, our vulnerability is so far buried <laughs> that we, we, and we're, we're trying to protect it, but we protect it by killing it. So we need to actually embrace and parent our own inner child and, and develop a loving relationship with that because when you have that, then you have all those qualities that I was talking about available to us. And but we've, we've had to protect it because the world has been dangerous. We haven't allowed ourselves to be gentle with each other. We're, we've been a bit aggressive. And the thing is, when we are um, beating ourselves up, when we are saying, oh, I'm so stupid, or how could I have done this, or how could I... It's our own inner child that feels, feels that. It's like internal child abuse. Every time we criticize ourselves... It's like we're hurting our vulnerability. We're burying it deeper and deeper and deeper. So we have to recognize that there's this, this faction in the system. We call it the inner critic. And the inner critic, what that part does is it just beats up this inner child. And so it's really interesting because, again, like we talked about earlier, the world outside of us is a reflection of the world inside of us. And so when we see war, terrorism, or conflict, or environmental degradation, or Whatever we see in the world out there, it's because I'm having this relationship with myself. And it's inherently not loving of ourselves. We, we're beating ourselves up. So we have to recognize that instead of just flipping into these powerful selves, we have to go, wow, I need to get in touch with the vulnerability underneath that and, and, and then be able to express it, to be able to acknowledge it, to be able to to be able to be in right relationship with that part of ourselves. Then we're going to have that relationship with the rest of the world. But we habitually and automatically cut these parts off, and that would kind of lead into talking about, well, how do we get them back? So, yeah, let's talk now then about um, some of the effective healing modalities that you have worked with to help us make that connection to our inner child and, and bring them home. Right. So... 
there's a few different processes that you can do. This voice dialogue is, is one of the systems where you basically talk to these different parts, these primary selves, these powerful parts of ourselves, and this, you, you, you just have a, I'd like to, to speak to your perfectionist. <laughs> and when you ask a person, then they, then they talk about, well, why it's important for them to be perfect. And, and, uh, and, and, and you know, it's important when you're, because you've got to do things right and da-da-da-da. And then when you're doing voice dialogue, you talk to this primary part of you, this part that you've become way, a way of being in the world. And then you say, I want to talk to the other side, the part of you that's not so worried about being perfect the part of you that's okay with making mistakes. And that's the disowned part. And then you go and talk to this disowned part, and then this disowned part of you says, well, yeah. You go, well, it's, it's good to make mistakes because that's how you learn. When you make a mistake, you learn what doesn't work, and so next time you know what does work. And when, you're, when it's okay to make mistakes, you're gentle with yourself, and you, you're, you're not beating yourself up. So the whole idea is, is to go, oh, okay, so there's this other part of me that it's okay to make mistakes and there's a part of me that wants to get it perfect. Well, if you're building a plane, you need to be in touch with the part of yourself that does things perfectly. But if you're just with your family or, or you're out doing things, then it's maybe it would be a better choice to just be in a place where you could be more gentle and allow yourself to make mistakes and learn from them. So voice dialogue is one way where you actually dialogue with these different parts of you and you see what they're all about. And then... What that does is it fosters this place in the middle that's not identified with either one. And this part in the middle can make decisions relative to opposites. And when you, that's when you're in the place of choice. But what we've done is we've, we've become polarized to one aspect or another. And when you've done that, it's like saying like these energies are a dual strip. It's, and and it's, so what, what it's in effect is like we're trying to um, have you know, the one polarity is on one side of a coin and the other polarity is on the other side of a coin and it's like we're trying to have just half a coin. But you can't have half a coin. You've got to have the whole thing. So the idea is to start to learn about these other parts and voice dialogue is one way where you can start to get in touch with these other parts. Now, another aspect of work, another system where I mentioned earlier, Psyche. Psyche is a way of changing beliefs. If, if you got a belief that... Um, what would be a good one to say? Uh, we talked about that earlier. Idle hands are the devil's work. And so now the rule is I have to stay busy all the time in order to get acceptance or to feel I fit in. So now, but that is a belief system that idle hands are the devil's work. So you might want to change that belief to say it's okay for me to relax once in a while. <laughs> and psyche is basically an energy psychology that involves the technology of whole brain integration. It's born out of brain gym, basically. And what it does is it allows us to separate from these rules, these beliefs that have us polarized into one subpersonality or another. Once you change the belief at a subconscious level, then you're no longer identified with this rule. And now you have freedom. And so Psyche is a way of doing that. There's, there's other systems. You can do it with, with the hollow energetic, Dr. Laskow's work, because there'll be, there'll be energy blocks associated with these polarities as well. You know, there'll be energies that, frozen energies in our unconscious body-mind that has us 
uh, locked into certain ways of being in the world. So you can release these energy blocks. That's one way. You can change the beliefs using like things like Psyche. You can do systems like voice dialogue where you get to talk to these different parts, start to understand them and make decisions relative to these opposites. So there's different ways of doing it. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people have their own. But awareness is the key. We have to start to be a, recognize that this is what's taking place energetically in our systems, and we need to start to sh move in the direction of becoming more whole. When we recognize it's all in us and we're in peace and in a loving relationship with all of these parts in our side of ourselves, then we're going to be inherently compassionate, inherently, because what is there to judge? We've ex we know we have these parts in ourselves. It doesn't, it's not condoning disharmonious behavior in our world. It's not that at all. But now when you're in a place of compassion, the person that you're with, you can say, I understand why you've become this way. And now you can support them and help them heal. Different from judging them and moving farther and farther into polarizations and splits that create the, the problems in our world. So we're coming up to our next break, but we do want to talk a little bit about why it's so important to deal with our shadow side. So perhaps you could just begin that, Daryl, for the last minute before this uh, next break. Right. Well, yes. I mean, we need to ultimately reclaim this vulnerable part of ourselves, this inner child. And when I was going through this work, I've, I've been dedicated myself really to, to doing my own process, and I recognized something. I recognized that when I was doing this work, what came up over and over and over was self-forgiveness. Layers and layers and layers of shame that I found inside myself that I didn't even know existed, that I didn't know were there. And so shame, I realized that I'm, I must be shame-based. So, Daryl, I'm going to stop you there uh, because we've got to go to our uh, last break. Okay. We'll come back after the break and uh, we'll talk about your own personal journey to help people understand how they can resolve their own. So this is Peter Tung with special guest Daryl Gurney and come back after the break. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Journey into the realm of spirit, the source of all things. Master fear in these tumultuous times and learn ancient ways to abundant love and healing. Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity, will awaken the unique genius within you. 
Host Christina Pratt challenges you to initiate your innate powers within to gain health, well-being, and joy through the practices of Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. Tune in each week to Why Shamanism Now, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. Do you realize how much the way you think and feel controls everything in your life? On Neurogenesis, join Dr. Joe Dispenza as he answers a wide variety of questions from topics like the mind-body connection to the process of personal change, the origins of disease to emotions and brain chemistry, just to name a few. There is a true biology to personal transformation, and it applies to you. Neurogenesis with Dr. Joe Dispenza broadcasts a new program every other Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Tune in so you can lose your mind and create a new one. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. And today we have with us Daryl Gurney. And, and Daryl, just before the break, you were beginning to talk about your own personal experience and the awareness that internally you were shame-based. So just come back and explain that to us. Yeah, on this personal exploration, I was doing a lot of Psyche. And in Psyche, we have um, these points on the body that are called belief points. And there's a bunch of different ones. There's belief points about letting go. There's belief points about self-worth. There's belief points around forgiveness or unconditional love. And as I was doing my own internal work, I found that certain belief points came up more than others. And this one was this bonding point which had to do with forgiveness. And I had, and I realized, oh my goodness, I'm having to do all of this self-forgiveness. And so the conclusion that I could draw from that was that, wow, if I'm having to forgive myself, that means I've been blaming myself. It means that I've been finding myself wrong. I've been um, feeling really, it's like self-hatred. It's shame. And I'm going, wow, if, the, if, if, if we need to align with the universe, if the, if the energy of the universe is pure love, then, and I'm hating myself, then I'm disconnected from the fundamental forces of the universe. And if I want to get aligned with the universe and participate in co-creating my reality, I have to become love like the universe is. And so I had to heal all these layers of internal shame that I kept finding in myself. I, didn't, I had no idea it was this deep. But I recognized something. It was a hypothesis. I said, I bet it's not just me. I bet you everyone has these layers of deep-bedded, unconscious shame that they don't even know exists. So it's, it becomes this personal journey of starting to heal these levels and starting to really love ourselves. Because what you find, if the, the law of attraction, just going to that for a moment, is saying, yes, we can draw into our lives what it is that we really want, 
um, by what's in our consciousness. But what, if what's in our consciousness is self-loathing, you know, saying, well, I, I, you affirmed yourself, I have the perfect relationship in my life, but what, if there's a deeper unconscious pattern that you're not aware of, it says you're not worthy of, of a loving relationship because you're a bad person. Well, the subconscious messages are literally a million times more powerful than our conscious messages, and they end up canceling our request with the universe, and then we develop a belief that the law of attraction doesn't work. So we need to recognize, wow, yes, we can participate in the unfoldment of our lives, but in, in do so, we need to uh, fundamentally align with the, the, the universal harmonic, which is love. And so we have to get there ourselves, and one of the ways we do is to heal these levels of shame and to begin to get into a deeper sense of self-love. And then we align and then we become magical. So when we align and become magical, what is that like? What, what, what is the world like? How is it different? It's very different. It's, you know, I notice with people in my world where people I used to, you know, I'd be in a situation where I used to be uncomfortable and I used to judge a certain person. Well, when you're judging them, and so on. That's a that's kind of a disharmonious energy, and it doesn't feel good in your system, and it, it causes illness and disease and all kinds of things. But now I might be with those same people once I once I've embraced that part in me. Now I, I can be around them. Fine. In fact, I enjoy being their company, and I appreciate them, and I see what they have to offer. So I'm starting to be in this place where I'm much more accepting, much more compassionate. But it's organic. I'm not trying to be. It just is. It's this fundamental baseline undercurrent of compassion and inner peace. I have more peace in myself, and I'm finding that what I'm able to create and manifest in my life has shot up. I'm, I'm, things are happening in my life quite magically a lot more, like I think a lot of people are finding, but it, it has really greatly amplified since I've been, doing, been going through this work and clearing out these layers of shame. And how about our connection to the earth? You mentioned that earlier as being split from the earth as well. So how does that shift? Oh, I mean, it's such a good question because, I mean, that's such a big thing in our world right now is, our, is the environment. And, and if you were to look at, in a situation, um, there's a wonderful quote that says, we will only love what it is that we understand. And we, we will only um, understand usually something that we've experienced. So in order to, but we're so disconnected from the earth, we don't understand her. And so we, we, it's easy for us to, you know, to, to clear-cut forests and to, um, to you know, open-pit mine and do all these things that we've been doing because we just see it as, a, as a, a resource that's separate from ourselves. But when we fundamentally heal the split and recognize that we're not separate from the earth, that it's our mother, then would be, it would, we would make different choices and decisions. We wouldn't just clear-cut a forest because it would be like cutting off our mother's arms. We, we just wouldn't make those choices. We, we would start to make, recognize that, wow, I'm in love. I'm in loving relationship with this being. We're, we're, we're connected. We're one. We're unified. Now my choices are going to reflect that. Now my choices are going to reflect the level of understanding and compassion and love different from this sense of being totally separate and disconnected with no understanding. And, and from that perspective, that's when we can cause all the environmental degradation in our world. And, so it, and that's the same not just with the earth, but with, with other people. We see them as fundamentally disconnected from ourselves. And therefore, there's no understanding, there's no love, there's no compassion, 
and 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 then we have we're in a place of conflict and we see them as the enemy instead of our brothers and sisters so ultimately it's all about in the end making all of our choices from a conscious position a conscious place from a conscious place from a whole place my what i really wanted to convey is the fact that we need to become whole. The world outside us is a reflection of the world inside of us. And when we become whole and complete and loving inside us, the world outside has to mirror that. It has to reflect it. It's universal law. So it's a, I mean, we felt hopeless and helpless. We see all these problems in the world and we feel that there's nothing I can do about it. But nothing could be farther from the truth. Just going back to those TM meditators, when you can get into that place of love and not just hold it while you're meditating, but it's there all the time, it becomes this person, this undercurrent of who I am, then we start to fundamentally shift the collective unconscious. People have been trying to change others all through history. It's never worked, but you can change yourself. And by changing yourself, you actually have a positive influence on the collective, on the collective unconscious, on the world at large. So it's, it's my hope and prayer that we start to look inward and heal our relationship with ourselves, parent our own inner child, stop beating ourselves up, be gentle with ourselves, and heal these deep levels of shame that have, have us disconnected and, and are maintaining this illusion of separation. So, Daryl, we have to come to a conclusion. That was a great long sentence to finish on. If people wanted to contact you through your work, and I know you hold workshops and do private sessions very quickly, what is the website people can go to? It's health-quest.ca, and my email is gurn, G-U-R-N, at telus.net. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dale. It's been a fascinating show. I wish we could go on longer, but we're coming up to the, uh, to the top of the hour. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Peter. It's been my pleasure. So that's all we have time for today, and I'm delighted to have had uh, Daryl on the show with me. Next week, my guest will be Paul Elder, who has written a wonderful book called Eyes of an Angel. Paul has had three near-death experiences and explains with real elegance what it's like to travel out of body and have significant experiences while retaining full awareness. He has opened a psychic doorway to the spirit world, and I'm looking forward to chatting with Paul next week. This is your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us for the show today. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.